Yeah! Talking about expressvpn.com slash nooners. Love ExpressVPN. You've got to have a VPN in today's world or you're not living your life right, brother. People are going to start stealing your passwords, all your bank info, everything. And I know most of you are probably thinking, uh, why don't you just use incognito mode? Let me tell you something. Incognito mode doesn't hide your activity. Doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can see every single website you've ever visited. That's why when I'm at home, I never go online without using Express VPN. Huge fan. I've had it for years. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so your ISP can't see the sites you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. Most of the time, I don't even realize I have ExpressVPN on. It runs seamlessly in the background uh, of all my computers and my laptops and my phones, and it's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is available on all your devices, like I was saying, phones, computers, uh, even your smart TV. So there's no excuse for you not to be using it right now. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Mashable. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash nooners, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com slash nooners. Expressvpn.com slash nooners. Head there to learn more. Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkout. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work, we'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. (laughs) Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? Du- I would say double. Oh, I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross. Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com Make a fat. 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 Make a f
word up. Everybody sing. You don't ow, 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 ow. <laughs> what me, song is that? I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable, though. Yeah, it oh, does. Word right? out. Yeah. Everybody in the house. I remember that <laughs> Something like song. This. Yeah, being popular as a as a child at a roller rink. I remember hearing that at a roller rink for some reason. That in all around the world. Exactly. Yeah. 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 What is it? What that is it? That in Terrence Trent Darby. Wishing well. Wishing well to kiss and tell. Oh, wishing well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why we're into roller rink songs from the 80s or 90s, I don't know. It's as, clear. As children. But I will say this. I just got back from San Antoine. Mm-hmm. I, I recorded a song. Oh, did you? Yes, with Mr. Uh, Matt Best and Jared How Taylor. Fun. Yeah, we recorded a song. We went to, you go to these cities and, you know, we re- we've recorded surprisingly like, you know, a lot of ADR, which is additional voice recording uh, or in music. And you always end up in a different weird studio in all these cities around the United States because you don't know who has a recording studio yeah. open. You call, you make your calls. You see which one's open. The guy that we recorded with in San Antonio, I posted a picture of him on, on my Instagram at stjamessjames, was everything. And he had old pictures up of like Terrence Trent Darby and shit like that in oh, his that office. That might have been it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I saw, okay, here, here's what I Come saw. on, party people. Maybe it's something. Here's what I saw to, to start it, right? Because it usually starts with like when you walk into any studio yeah. across the nation, they usually lead with who their, whoever the famous people were that walked in, right? Yeah. And they've got pictures either with them or of them signed headshots because that used to be a thing back in the day. So major stars used to carry headshots with them. So if they went into a a restaurant or, you know, a dry cleaners or whatever, and yeah. would, everybody would be like, oh, my gosh, can you sign something for me? They would sign a, an old headshot it was like those old black and white ones. That's why you still see those up places, you know, mm-hmm. around the, the country where you're like, oh, how the fuck did this tiny ass place just suddenly happen to have a headshot that was signed by the actual person? Yeah. In this this case, I when we walked into this studio in San Antonio, there was an old black and white, and I'm saying circa '84 of Janet Jackson. So Janet Jackson was what I walked into. Okay, and it was faded. I mean, it, it sure it, like it, you can hardly see Janet's face. Right, she looked like she was in Back to the Future, like she was about to erase. Oh, okay, you know, okay. like the picture in Back to the Future, mm-hmm. and. And it just said, like, so I, I leaned down and I read it and it just said, sweet studio, Janet Jackson. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Bones. Bones, Janet Jackson. Wow. Yeah, so that led me off. And I was like, man, because they were already, uh, uh, Jared was already in there. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm walking now into the studio and I'm, I'm passing by all these things and it's like, uh, I see a, a, a guy with like a bunch of metal bands, like hair bands, metal hair bands, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. And I walk, I walk into the studio and I'm greeted and they were like, oh, hey, this is so-and-so. You ever meet somebody that's when they shake your hand, you stand up and you're like, oh my gosh, did, did you dress up today? Is this a character? 
Okay. Like yes. I, I thought. Yes. I thought maybe he knew who we were, and because look, we only record joke shit, obviously, like comedy shit. I thought maybe he that was like his fun little thing of like. I'm a recording studio owner. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or like, hey guys, I'm here to have fun with you, and like, I'm dressed up, and and sure. and, and we're gonna, you know, have, you a, say, have a good time today. Did you say to him, "Oh, fun costume"? I was this close. Okay. So you I didn't. No, because I I didn't know Smart. until he shook my hand and said, "Hi, I'm so and so," and he was serious, and I was like, "Oh no, we're not." We're not joking. You never know with these drinking bros who's going to show up in what kind of fun little outfit, right? Well, yes. And because we do that all the time. Totally. Um, like, for example, at, at at one of the movie premieres, Jared and, and Matt and everybody was like, dude, can we dress up like whatever we want? And I was like, right. you know, does it have to be suits at a premiere on a red carpet and all that stuff? And I said, look, everywhere else, yes, typically here, I don't fucking care. You guys are my right. friends and I make comedies. Whatever you want to dress up as, you know, you're going to get pictures on Getty Images and all that shit. So, like, do whatever you want because it's a once in a lifetime thing and it's pretty fucking hilarious. Right. So, they dressed up as, like, uh, you know, 16th century revolutionary oh, I remember. Englishman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy was. Boy. How do, I, how do I put this? He reminded me of Steve Perry from 1983, the lead singer of Journey. So. Black hair with a part in the middle, very Bob Seger. Remember old school Bob Seger, where it was just right. long black hair with a part in the middle, and it was sure. just kind of feathered out like that. Yeah, he had white jeans on mm-hmm. that were skin tight. The jeans had zippers by the ankles. You have to have a little detail in there if it's not true religion. But here's the thing: so he had black cowboy boots on, like uh, it appeared to be alligator skin or something. You know, you know it was alligator, probably skin or snake. But but it's an alligator skin isn't black, so I don't know. I don't know what the dying process is on that. There's things that can be done. For sure. sure, sure. The jeans were unzipped because they were so thin that mm-hmm. they didn't fit over the boot. Oh yeah. Therefore. He went out of his way to find a pair of white jeans that you had to unzip by the ankles just so the boots would fit over them. Women's section. Yeah. I guess. Mm, yeah. Um, then he yeah. had one of those uh, really wide collar uh, white shirts on mm-hmm. with, you know, I, I, look, it's about the size of the collars are about the size of the, the back of this laptop. Very right word up. Yeah. Word up. Yeah. Very. <laughs> Very platform um, heel. And then on the, a man. The, the closer I got, mm-hmm. the hair wasn't real. Got it. Wig. Uh, yes, but like oh. a Halloween wig. Sure. You know that black hair. Are like, you sure? Dead serious. Because dyed gray hair sometimes looks like a wig. Really? Yes, I don't because know. it's this a guy different had texture, a I told you. Of hair. And it And I, it was probably all we, I don't know, we White, asked. Because I didn't see any gray. Usually you'll see a hint of gray somewhere, you know, because mm-hmm. you can't cover up everything. I, I didn't see any of it. All of us were like, that is a Halloween wig, and that's it. Sure. And um, we, you know, the, the hard thing is, is you're there for, I think we were there for, I don't know, five, six hours or whatever it was. I had to catch a flight in the middle of it. So those guys stayed longer. Um, Maybe they figured some shit out. <laughs> I, I don't know. When you left. But he, he was definitely a guy who's been running under the blades at some point in his life. No, we're not. That's 
that wasn't your time. Yeah. No, that it was. wasn't the time. It was. Quit trying to slip running <laughs> under the blades into conversation he with was, me. He was under the blades. James. No. At some point in his life, he was under the blades. I don't know what for or whatever, but, um, but anyways, the, so the, the, the weirdest part about all of this is I thought it was going to be, his studio was very nice. I mean, really nice. We were just like, all right, shit. Um, congratulations. You were, you're like a real, you've made it, I guess, you know, like yeah. shit. It was, a, I mean, a crazy nice studio. And I've, I've been in a million across the United States. You name it. I've been in a shitty studio. This was a really nice studio. Um, that was one too. The guy was like ridiculously professional. So if I, if I had to go back to another studio in San Antonio again, which I probably will. Right. Because I, you know, working with black rifle coffee so much, um, I, I, he'd be the first call again. Sure. And you could not have told me that when I walked in the room and shook this guy's hand. I, there's no way you could have said that. Hey, you'll be back here again. You're trying to tell me he didn't seem true to this. I mean, if you look like that. You've been in it for a long time. I guess, but it, it's the manner in which he took. It's the seriousness in which he took this song that I was just like, man, we are singing a song about a girl's pussy. I mean, that is in the, the and thing. He was like dead serious. serious like we were recording, it. you know, don't we, stop believing. We are the world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we are the world. Exactly. So it was just like. Oh man, drums would be great here. Piano would be great. Let me plug this in. Let me plug this in. He had an assistant. They were running around like I. I that was one of the most high quality productions I've studio wise studio time I've been a part of. Where I was just like shit. I mean, it, it was incredible. But if you saw this guy, and again, peep peep on over to my uh, Instagram and at sc james sc james to check this out. You'll be like, there's no fucking way this is real, Ross. None of what you're saying is real. You're a ridiculous human, and you're being ridiculous on the show. No, this is a real person, mm-hmm. and, I, and, and I had to get a photo. And it was one of those things where I waited till the end of the night. I recorded a bunch of shit that was funny, and I knew like he was kind of on my side. And I didn't, because I didn't want to just pop in and be like, hey, I'm making fun of you by taking a photo. I wanted a photo on the way out, you know, of like, sure. hey, Thanks for working with me today. I really appreciate it. Can but I get a pic? I need you. to show yeah. the world this guy because it, it your greatness, your majesty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Cocaine cool is what I described him as on my Instagram. Totally. You're just like, oh, all right, you're cool. Totally a real cocaine cowboy. Yeah. To 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 the point where like I slid it in in conversation. Um, more you know, much like under the blades. Sure, much like the smoothness. Yeah, yeah. Where I was just that. like, man. You know, because I'm looking around, he's got all these pictures, and uh, he had gold tapes, which I've never seen before. Usually people, music producers, put up gold albums or, you know, platinum mm-hmm. albums. There was a couple, there was a couple cassettes that were gold. I think that's <laughs> standard. No, I, I mean, know. well, that's old school. No, I, I don't know. I don't know when what the transition that? was from albums I to tapes, know. and if that's what they did, that's what they did, and that's fine. But when I saw a gold tape, I was like, oh. Is that a, and a lot of more in the bathroom. So when you go, when you went into the bathroom, I would say, cause it was a, it was a fairly decent sized bathroom. I would say there was 20 to 30 framed gold or silver or platinum albums in the bathroom. Okay. Well, that's when you know you yeah. have a lot, right? I, I know. When you can throw them in the bathroom. I know. So 
Just put a couple Oscars in the bathroom. Yeah, either or, man. What a fucking wild day. What a, I mean, just the wildness of it. Um, and then I go to T. Like I, I record this song. I'm shocked by this whole sitch. I get in an Uber. It's you know, airport's like maybe ten minutes away. I get in, and then immediately TSA has their hand on my dick in five minutes, and just brings you right back down. Yeah, to I was on Earth. a high. Yeah, I was riding a high, and then boom. Uh, I got my dick touched by TSA again. I ought, this is the first time I offer to go because he's like, "Do you have anything in your pockets? Do you have any belts? Do you have any you know?" Th-? I go, "I have nothing." I go, "I tell you what, right, this is the, cause that was the second time it had happened to me, mm-hmm. way out and way back in." I go, "How about I just take off my jeans and go through in boxers?" I, I offered it because right. I go, "I don't care at this point. I am tired of you grabbing my fucking dick." And they're all not getting a paycheck, so I'm sure they're super into dealing with all of that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, let me, let's cut out the middle, man. How about I just take off my jeans? That way, you for sure can't say a goddamn thing that there's anything mm-hmm. else on me at mm-hmm. that point. And I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll roll through in boxers. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at. I think I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to do it on the next flight. Because you felt like after that recording sesh that you should get in like a... A VIP... Or like, I'm what, on top of the what world. are those planes that they would take smuggle drugs over to? Yeah. You know, those yep. little, those little Cessnas. Yeah. Yeah. You thought I need to get on one of those cocaine. Cool. Yeah. Right. Hell and yeah. Cocaine cowboy it. Yeah. Back home. Yeah. That's how you were feeling. Uh, it and was. Boom. I was on a high and then boom, just back to reality. Of, I have of, to say, let's not, let's not uh, talk shit about the TSA right now. Cause they're not getting paid. I mean, <sighs> Is it weird that I'd rather the plane blow up than to get my dick grab again? I know. What? I know. It's just, I'm so over it. You're being dumb. I'm, I'm so over it. You're being dumb. At the studio, too, like, I asked the guy, um, you know, I, I go, I, I bet you've seen a lot. I bet you've seen a lot in your day. I was like, I, and like jokingly, because I, 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 I felt like we were in with him, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I go, I bet you've seen a lot. I bet you're holding right now. And he goes, Pfft. <laughs> take it back to one guys right. and i was like whoa you no know he was i don't know if he was or he wasn't but what i know is i wasn't offered any and that one was the, that one was the the that sealed the deal of like hey we're not we're not the bros that i thought we were oh okay. you know so he was still cooler than me and he held that over me so as much as i met i want to make fun sure he outbroed me I got outbroed. You big time, dude. Yeah. You got big time. You outbroed me. And then the next thing you know, dong getting, you know, wrapped around a TSA. Why'd you do like this? That's what they do now. Oh. So they really go through everything. Um, they go inside the pants now. Do you know that? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been outside the house <laughs> in two years. <laughs> I've been held captive. Help me. By a baby. By a small By a baby. small baby. He won't let me leave. I'm disheveled. Stop crying. That gal from, from Wisconsin, huh? They found. Oof. That's how I look. God. On a normal day. What a crazy story that is, man. I feel like there's more to it. How are you feeling? Uh, do you know it? So the, I do know the story. Okay. So for everyone I at just... home, it's like the Kloss gal from Wisconsin. Parents got killed yep. and then she was missing. Yes. My first thought is, you know, she had some weird older boyfriend. They killed the parents and, you know, yeah. now they're together somewhere. Um, well, they found her. They found her and him. Him, yeah. He's um, under arrest, obviously. But um, gosh, the balls. 
if that's really all it is for this 21 year old guy to want to kidnap this girl so bad. Yeah. That he's going to kill her parents. That he's going to kill the parents and not take her that far away. Right. An hour maybe. Yeah. From her house Uh in a cabin that all can be traced to him and every, I mean, all of it. Yeah. I'm going to reserve judgment on this one because I think you could be right. But it's one of those. If, oh, if, you can't say. I know. I can't say. I can't. I can't make that call because if it and turns if out to be was, the other way, then it's that's. But here's just a thing. fucking awful story. If there was like Facebook messages or texts on the phone or They're things, gonna find they would have found it already. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Right. I mean, they would have. They've been on the Facebook. If she, if it was just the phone, I guess they'll find out whatever. But my God, that type of yeah. crazy. People always wonder why, like give a shit or even think about serial killers but it's that kind of crazy and the balls of that and the singular focus of it Mm -hmm. that's insane to me that you can't even fathom doing there's some like defend yourself killing somebody because blah 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 whatever that you can kind of wrap your head around right and then there's some that's i mean right yeah yeah, so that's what's fascinating to me i don't like the crime i think it's awful right but you have to think like, gosh, this guy with no provocation whatsoever went into a house, killed this girl's parents and took her an hour away to a cabin. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Crazy. It's a weird story. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how this shakes out because, you know, as more and more details emerge from, you're right, text messages or Just Facebook or whatever what, it is. Like, yeah. What connection he must have had even if he's just been in the house before i I don't know how does i don't know how did he uh, all of the details i'm fascinated to know and i'm glad that she is found but also that's what i look like on a daily basis it's the disheveled matted hair the shoes that are too big for me sure you look like you you've been kidnapped it looks like i've been held in yeah held captive in a cabin for two weeks a month two months however long (laughs) I think it's, she's, she was two months. Look, I'm fascinated about the details, yet I don't know any of them, right? <laughs> well, James. <laughs> I'm fascinated to know. It's not, you don't have a computer. You don't own I any don't electronics. Have, I don't so. have any way of knowing. It's all just speculation in my head. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Well, How fun is that? You know what I mean? You just don't, you just, nah. you think of stuff and you like work it all out in your brain yeah. with no fact checking whatsoever. None. It's super fun. You should try it. You're always right. You know, you always end up being right. Oof. Um, cause the, the internet's a scary place for me. I go into weird rabbit holes. Oh yeah. 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 Which, that's why I don't what, get on what's, it. What's your rabbit hole these days? Remember Y2K? Yeah. That was your last one, huh? I really got gotcha. you. I like to revisit like <laughs> insanity. The last one was Michael Jackson where I just, and, and the R. Kelly brought that up for me. Sure. Something else. So brought, Y2K is where your, your head goes immediately. Now I've gone into a remembering Y2K and like how crazy <laughs> and stupid we all were. And I, I, I don't know if I, I got caught up in the fun of it, but I don't know if I really thought. Like what did I'm, you what did you do that night of Y2K? Because everybody else had giant parties and all this shit. I know where I was. Where where were you? Yeah, we had a there was like a rave or something in Santa Barbara up in the hills. Okay. And that's where you were for That's where I was, yeah. Gotcha. Um 
What were you? You had to win what? Just out of high school then? Um, I had just graduated. Yeah. Yeah. If not yet, did you think? I you think were I gonna... didn't quite graduate. Yeah. Okay. But... Did you think you were going to die? No. You know, I have so much trust and faith <laughs> in like the government and stuff. Too much. Yeah. To where I'm just like, they'll work it out. I'm always just like, they'll work it out. Sure. I never think that anything bad is going to happen. Right. In the end. Yeah, of course. Of course. And um, when it didn't, I was like, well, see, yep. they figured it out. Yeah. They got a couple zeros in the thing. And it's, it's like, what'd you think was going to happen? Do you remember that? <laughs> what'd you think? There were people like, I mean, full on. I mean, selling insurance, moving into doomsdayers, like yeah. Who there was one guy one, who solved Y two K. One guy, I'm sure. Um, let me, uh, since you don't have a, a working computer, mine is not working. Um, <laughs> it was one guy that solved it. I don't. I just remember like all the craziness, all the like. Um, people selling like pet insurance and I mean, they thought we were all going to die. Yeah. There was a guy on time magazine that he was the guy who solves Y2K. Um, fuck was his name? I think I liked it a little bit. Did you like it kind of Yeah, like the craziness of it? And there were the doomsdayers loved it. So there was a group, a, a subculture of people that were so into it <laughs> that they were like, this is our time. We told you. We told you. All this crazy stuff that we've been doing. Now it's going to oh, really boy. pay off. Yeah. Time looking at Time Magazine in, uh, on, on the cover of 1999. There's a, a guy who appears to be Jesus uh, holding a cross, uh, walking through the streets of an apocalypse apocalyptic world that just says the end of the world y2k insanity apocalypse now will computers melt down will society a guide to millennium madness yeah and i mean they were really scaring the shit out of everyone it was insane yeah wasn't it crazy yeah and they ended up getting like all these young one guy ended up getting all these young programmers together to solve it yeah i genuinely look i was because of the news and like my, I didn't understand. I was too young to understand the media was bullshit and Mm -hmm. they were just doing this to sell us shit. Um, I just didn't know Mm -hmm. much like kids now, probably to be honest with you, they they don't know all this stupid shit in the media. And you're just like, Oh my God. Possibly, I don't remember there being so many, as far as like adults telling me that the news was fake. No, because I, I didn't think they, so they knew. I, think kids I didn't now, think they knew. Yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah. You, you trusted the news back mm-hmm. then, and we shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> obviously, well, they did work it out. That's fine. They did, but god damn it, man! I remember. So I'm in. I was in Miami on New Year's Eve that night, and um, you really must my go. Balls off. You really must go. Fucking blast. Um, but we had blown it out specifically because it, because it was 2000 and we were, look, that, we were caught up in the shit of like, all right, if this is it, let's just go to Miami and fucking tear it down. And I remember us being in a hotel room watching because Australia is always the first one right. to go. And you're watching all of us were sitting around the TV waiting for the whole thing to like slowly go black. Like a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. You know, what was the, the one in New York with him and Quaid? 
the one in New York with him and Quaid. You know, the Statue of Liberty froze over and all sure. that other fucked up with shit. With Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody knows it. <laughs> I think it's I called The End of the World. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. <laughs> Everybody knows it. I don't even need to say it. So we were waiting for the like the power grids to start slowly going. Oh yeah, out. that's what everyone thought. And then and then chaos immediately. Yeah. So nothing. Like, ah. Nothing happened. <laughs> um, the next one was London. You know they always televise or right. Saudi Arabia, where the fuck it is. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. And so that night it was just like, well, maybe it's just maybe it's just the computers in the United sure. States. Very anticlimactic, wasn't it? You're like, yeah, maybe. Sort of. I remember when the ball dropped, you know, at midnight. The club we were at, probably every club around the world, you know, in the history of of clubs, Mm -hmm. played Prince's 1999. Right. 2000, zero, zero, body over, it's out of time. Um, Fucking douchey, dude. Just you. Douching out in Miami at some club. I was was in my... My prime. I Did think, you like I think rip I was, your tea off? I think it was with Puff Daddy, to be honest with you. Um, oh, were you? We're not even <laughs> gonna even go. Did I rip my there. t-shirt off? Of of course I of did. Of course At you some did. point in that did evening, did you whip it around? I, I like a helicopter. Yeah, like Petey Pablo. Yeah, obviously. Probably at some point. I was shirtless at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Proud of it. Sure. But uh, I remember walking out. I think because the club was closed at like f- five in Miami or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked out at like five, and the sun's starting to you know peak out. Ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, but it's 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 it was warmer in Miami too. So you were just Ooh, like even worse. you were looking around. I remember looking at the streets and <laughs> like worse. and you know people are jogging and whatnot, oh. getting ready to start their day. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I realized, oh. Nothing happened, and we're still in the real world, and everything's going to be fun. So that's when I finally, it finally, and you had a set in. You had a quick mimos. Yeah, and you were oh, like, yeah. I am good yeah. to go. <laughs> you said, "Come here, hombre," and you started dancing with some little roller skating twink. You bet. You bet. Come here, hombre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me yeah. amigo. Yeah. We're gonna live. And you're just like, <laughs> still totally rolling Do your balls you think off. You're better off alone. Yeah. All singing it acapella uh, and twi- <laughs> twirling around. That's that's this when I knew I, I was like, yeah. yeah. That's when I knew I was just like, ah, oh, shit. We're back in the real world now. What? And you know, slept for a good. 12, 15 hours or whatever that was after that bender, obviously sure. got up and, you know, started reading the paper and, you know, they had credited to this one guy and it was a miracle that came down to the last minute day or whatever to solve Y2K. I don't know if looking back, I don't know if any of that was true. Um, I don't know if one I single thing of I, that Y2K story was true. I think maybe a little bit, but I think it was basically solved on the path to being solved way before the hysteria. Right. But it was like, if we don't get the last little, you know, they worked on the banks first, they got that. And then they sort of worked out glitches and they had been working on it for a long time. And we kind of found out on the tail end, I think as it got closer that they were even doing this. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that's what I, in the deep dive a little bit, I saw that they had been working on it for that whole year. Huh. And we didn't really know they were just going to fix it. Right. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then somebody no. found out that we were like trying to fix it. No. And um, do you remember the rapture? 
Were you in LA? You were in LA for the rapture. I was. I was in LA. I, I, that I didn't subscribe to. I so didn't either, I just, but I really, it was, was good. Fa- me neither. And, you know, LA is a godless, heathen place, right? Yeah. Nobody's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. going to church no. out there. Let's be real. So it was fascinating to me that even out there, there was a twinge, like we were at the bars or whatever for rapture day, and there was even a twinge of like, is it? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, you really believe that, huh? No, no, not me, but I'm saying like... (laughs) Seems like you did, James. Was there like one second of like, would that be nuts if like the person I'm talking to just got sucked up? (laughs) But you know, like your rational mind is like, that is never, ever going to happen. Can't even entertain that. No, I know. I'm just saying like, you didn't go to a rapture party, like just for fun or whatever. It's the same kind of deal. Okay. No, we did not. Because I, 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 I could not no, allow no. myself to... It, it was kind of fun to go on the ride a little bit because you knew nothing bad was going to happen. So it was kind of funny to see it around you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in the same way where people are like, there's no way. I mean, there's no way, right? Right? You know? <laughs> and as the drinks start flowing more, yeah, the dumber people start to really get a little bit scared. That was fun. I think Clayne and I were at Powerhouse drinking, you know, $2 PBRs and shots of whiskey. Oh, have the, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> one, one year you're in Miami. The next... No, I'm joking. No, no. Um, I, I, just because uh, we used to go no, to... Pa- there, was a, there, there was a dive bar called Powerhouse. We used to go there all the time because I didn't want to be around a rapture party or people who did want to believe in the rapture. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where was I? I was somewhere in Los Feliz. Powerhouse was the place where I, I think I told you this. We, we were shooting a sketch there uh, for Funny or Die, Clan and I. And it was like I think 11, 11 a.m. or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it was on St. Patrick's Day we were shooting. Right. 10, 11 a.m. In, in the morning. And uh, we expected there to be nobody in there. And it was actually like, I don't know, four or five people at the bar. And they were drinking just, I mean, really just older men. Sure. Drinking or whatever. And uh, uh, this sketch required some shots. So we had, ha- had to buy a bunch for the shots, uh, for the shot we were getting. And then afterwards, I was like, hey, I'm just going to give these. We'll just give them to these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like pounding 10 shots at fucking 10 a.m. And... um uh, so I gave these guys, these shots to these these guys, and I was like, "Hey guys, um, happy St. Patrick's Day! You know, enjoy it." All of them looked over at me, and they were like, "St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! You guys are just you guys are just here because it's Tuesday morning oh, yeah. at 10 a.m." And I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh fuck! That's, That's the, the type of joint yeah. powerhouse was." And I used to love. They didn't card me, so there was a couple places in L.A. that El Compadre. Ah, There's a place I could get in before I was 21 and this place called Cafe des Artistes, which is gone now, but it was very French to the point where they don't card you out there. So it was like the people were fresh off the boat, the um, waiters and stuff. So they didn't, they weren't carding you. It's not in their DNA DNA to like (laughs) card, card. They never do. So they were just like, oh, you look 16. That's all you have to be in my world, right? (laughs) Where I'm from. Yeah. So Powerhouse is one of the places. Do you remember when Powerhouse turned? And uh, it yes, was that. Yes, yeah. And how sad was that? Well, it was still the same velvet paintings. It was still the same stuff, but you half of it walked in yeah. and it was just different. Yeah. It's like maybe that was the moment that I got older or something, but no. it, there was a bunch of young people in there and it was real weird. Actually, I'm going to, you know what? I, I'm going to save this story actually for the revolutionary figure of the day because this, 
something popped up on a plane where I downloaded some shit to read on the plane. And uh, one story that describes my entire young 20s life in L.A. popped up in Hollywood Reporter. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I, I, and I, I wrote this person and just said, thank you for this time in my life, but I'll, I'll get, I'll get to it. I'm going to, I'll save her for the revolutionary figure oh, of the day. Okay. Okay. It's a, okay. it's a really, really good one that I was just like, man, um, it was great. It was great. So it, it, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up on accident because this, that was going to be my revo- revolutionary figure of the day. We have sponsors though. Okay. We have a big show of sponsors. You and I just keep fucking chatting. I, I had one I don't, more. By the way, the sponsors time. have never complained. We'll save it for right after. I, the sponsors have never complained that we go this late. But like, well, who cares? So hey. first and foremost, BlackRifleCoffee.com. I was at the BRCC headquarters um, for all of last week in San Antonio. We shot a bunch of cool fucking videos and content and all that shit. Um, just want to let everybody know there is a new instructor Earl video coming out. Really, really fucking funny. And, uh, I, I yeah, it was, it was, it was a really fun shoot for the day. Um, we, we were at this ranch all day. And it was amazing. And, and these guys, by the way, live this life. So they brought the car. They, like Edwin was up there making coffee. Still the freshest and most amazing coffee. Lucky. Right out of the thing. Here's what I... Here's, right out wh- of the thing. I, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck those things are called. But here's what I find interesting about those guys. So if you want to take my, sec- my whatever, secondhand knowledge or advice of whether or not these guys know their fucking coffee... Here's the story behind them. This is genuine. Every time we go and shoot somewhere, wherever the fuck it is we are, they bring somebody to make the coffee, and there is no sugar, no half and half, no milk, no nothing. Did you die? I did. Where I was just like, what the fuck, dude? I don't drink straight coffee. And they were like, they're they're coffee. They called them purists. They were like, we're coffee purists. We don't fucking get down on that shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look... For anybody watching the video show on YouTube, which you should subscribe to, I like my coffee about the color of this desktop. Right. For real. I don't like it black. I like it a nice Jennifer Lopez color where it's just, all right, cool. It's tan. I like my coffee tan. That's how much shit is in it. I like creamer and, you know, uh, these guys do not. They are coffee purists and they are doing tastings. All throughout the day, like there was uh, Evan's assistant was running in and out with different uh, like little two ounce professional white cups of like, try this, try this, try this, try this. Oh, my God. I love that. And it had hints of vanilla or whatever. I don't know if you would like. I mean, it's first of all, it's really strong. You like shit in your coffee, too, right? A a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So that it is different. Um, But I but it's only because I'm, you know, using a. A, a K cup and not really if I, I don't know if you do it the real pour over style sure. grounding the beans fresh right before you you know pour the yeah. hot water over yeah. I don't know how I would feel about that because I don't do it every day gotcha but. um well that look they do sell the pure the, the pour over and the kits and all mm-hmm. that stuff on Black Rifle Coffee so if you want to do that the grinders the hand grinders and all that stuff if you want to do that, go to BlackRifleCoffee.com or you can get K-Cups or bags and blends. But I can, I can tell you this. That is no bullshit across the board. They're testing out blends all the time. Like, I probably tried 
six or no, seven the when I was there. Real deal. And if you yeah. don't know that by now, you better figure it, it out. out. Blackriflecoffee.com, promo code Revolution, twenty percent off. Use it on the Coffee Club of the Month program. Um it just gets shipped to your house on the same date of every month. I think month, people don't maybe I don't know about taking them seriously, but there is so many people in the space and they are like veteran owned and it's black rifle, but please be real. I mean, this is hipster stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is hipster level. A hundred percent. Um, serious, serious coffee, serious coffee. Yeah. They're not just, it's not like a rebagged, like, Hey, fuck it. Which most of the people, other people in Correct. the space yeah. are doing, are, are doing. And by uh, the way, these guys are always trying out different. I mean, and they have like world renowned people working for them who make the fucking coffee every day where you're just like jesus they're Christ. just also rad badass people so it's like it's hard to kind it's of weird. reconcile yeah yeah and, and but but all look I, i'm there a lot so i see it firsthand and it's just like all right cool um i'm still the asshole though who asked for a creamer i, I mean i figure it out and at this ranch we were shooting at you you got to see it it was you know it was it was awesome. It was like preserved from like the seventies or something. I have to go to the ranch, by the way, next time you go. It's great. It's, it re- it's re- yeah, amazing. It's really really great. Um, but the only thing that was that I could find to put in my coffee was like a box of sugar from like the Brady Bunch days, where I was just like, and everybody's like, dude, you're going to use that, and I was like, I have to. So if I die, I die. Now, I was like Drago. If I die, I die on this one. Luckily, I was all right. But I gotta have something in my coffee. Were they all just like side eyeing? Oh, everybody was just like, "What the fuck, Ugh, bro?" And I was like, loser. "I don't give a shit. I'm having this right now, and you can go fuck yourself." Next up, we got ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. That's a ghost. Oh, that is a ghost. That's a ghost. That's a ghost. Sleep so good, it's scary. Ah, uh, isn't it? It is. Real scary. Yeah, it's even better when you do it by yourself. I know. <laughs> if you can get your spouse out of the room, yeah. you will sleep so much better <laughs> on that ghost bed. <laughs> what? I know. No, I'm joking. I know. No, I think it's time. I think it's time to move back in. You think so? Yeah. Is the, is the sleep training over for the baby? Doesn't matter. Okay. You're going to deal with it. All right, I'm in. I'm in. The door keeps opening in the room. Yeah. I'm listening to murder. Need you back in the room. Yeah. I, look, I'm in. I'm in. Because um, we, we just like we gotta air go our, there. Whole, our whole shit. I, I think, though, you have to. Like, when, when somebody, like, look, I, I, I work a lot. Your sleep training, the monitors next to your head. The monitors now are too good where it's just like, you know, you're Every seeing, little piece. Jesus Christ. Like, you're seeing <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the like turning on of the bright light yeah. and the And you're sleeping so well on a ghost bed that sometimes I'll have to wake you up of like, hey, the child is screaming. It's uh-uh. sad. Yeah. That's how great the beds that, are. But it's sad. Um the, the deals are amazing right now. There's they're they're still offering that seven ninety nine off a bundle package right now. It's a one time gig. Get on it, man, because it's it's the fucking best on the planet. And uh come on. Train and ride it. Also <laughs> 36 months, no interest, pay-as-you-go program. If you're looking to get a mattress, now is the time. They can't keep doing that forever. I'd buy anything if it was 36. Same here. I mean anything. Same here. Go to GhostBed. GhostBed, even better. Dot com forward slash drinking bros. Mattress, $300 off and free pillows too also right now. The pillows are almost as good, almost better than the goddamn mattress. Uh, big fans of them, love them. Can't say enough nice things about them. Next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Boom, 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 boom. Shoot, blow, 
People love when we sing. We sing a lot. Strike Force Energy Drinks is the premier energy drink in the biz. Four amazing flavors. Talking about a ridge, lemon, orange, and make America grape again. 10 pack, 40 pack, 750 milliliter bottle. Kick the can. You don't need the can anymore. And also, this is the big one. For January, everybody's got their New Year's resolutions and everybody's back in the gym, working out, trying to get in shape. Zero carbs, zero sugars. It is good for every diet. And look, everybody crashes in the afternoon uh, on all these fucking diets. This will help keep you going. Uh, Last longer than five-hour energy. You're good to go with this shit. In case you just hate drinking water, spice it up with this. I promise you, you're good to go. That's what I do. Um, been doing it for years. We've been, we've been a subscriber to that club for fucking two years now at this point. Uh, love strike force energy. Go to strikeforceenergy.com promo code revolution, 20% off. Next up, we got straightrazors.com. Ooh, that's a clean cut. Smooth. Are you racket? Oh, oh. that was in your own ears today because you're wearing headphones. You're welcome. Listen. You are welcome, Jabes. Go to straightrazors.com for all your shaving needs. Finest five. Look, somebody else said, Hey, man, I got I got my dad a kit for Christmas. He's like, dude, it comes with a leather strap, the whole shit. And I was like, I told you. It's like getting a fucking kit from the, the 1800s, like Tombstone. It's the best razors you could possibly get. It's not like this bullshit that's out there, man. If you're worried about using a straight razor, uh, use their safety razors. Same. Looks looks like your razor, except the blade is nicer, and it'll it'll last you longer, man. It takes about a day and a half off your shaving. Their smolder aftershave is the best on the planet, and I don't, I don't even want to get into this mustache wax that I'm using here, but it's it's the only thing keeping this beast tamed. Go to straightrazors.com for all your shaving needs to be a real man in this life. I tell you what, if you don't like that bottle of smolder after shaving, punch me right in the gooch. It's the greatest aftershave on the planet. Revolution, 20% off at straightrazors.com. And as always, you can buy When Darkness Falls, He Doesn't Catch It. And at night she cries while he rides his steed, the two greatest books ever written by the finest author of this or any other generation, Ross, Master Antonio, Ornithal, James Patterson, and the audiobooks of the jam. Six and a half hours apiece. If you love me and James, you'll love these even better. We are delivering the magic. And uh, When Darkness Falls, Susan Catchett is, is number one on all of Audible. So everybody can get fucked. Say what? Say what? Get fucked. <laughs> I come again. Say what? Get fucked. <laughs> no. Hey, man. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boom. Uh, say what? Get fucked. <laughs> We're doing a little ASMR right now. What's going to do now? <laughs> say what? Get fucked. Um... <laughs> What were you going to deep dive in? You were about to deep dive into something before I fucking terrorized you with sponsors. Uh, um, emotophobia. Uh, okay. What is that, James? It's fear of vomiting. <laughs> and it it takes over your life. And it's very common. You have a fear of vomiting? No, it's it's the phobia that... It's a, it's a phobia that a lot of people have. So it's fear of vomiting. Okay. And you you live your it consumes you with some of some people where they like avoid any situation where they might where they might vomit and that will go so far as like if i eat this thing if i'm around people i could get sick and vomit 
It's like an all-consuming. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up today. No I problem. never would have thought about that one single time throughout my entire life. It's How crazy. do you brought that up or if that was even a thing? It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, look, that means no what? No roller coasters? Nothing. Uh, I wouldn't be able food, to go on a plane. Certain foods, right? I would yeah. imagine. A lot of foods. You're worried about everything you eat. You're worried. Yeah, you'd never go. You'd you, never go on a plane. I'd never go on a plane. Does that enter your mind every time you you get on a plane? That, that what? That, that you know you're going to vomit, or are you just like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to throw up afterwards? Oh, I'm not afraid of it. Oh, okay, all right. Vomit for me is like a a good release. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> Did you just fall off I the fell desk? fell off the desk. Video shows is really why you need to be tuned in. James- I was like trying to be like super comfy and cool and my elbow fell. You just um, fell off the desk. Anyways. One, two, cool. I didn't cool, know cool, you cool, were cool. wearing a Bourdain shirt. Oh, yeah. I remember we talked about it the last time. Ooh. Yeah. The, uh, the Bourdain uh, tea. What it's do do? very... Yeah. See it? There you go. I see it. I see it. See him? Yep. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Yeah. Um, where do, anyway. Where, where does one get that? I don't know. It popped up on my... Uh, look, this. your phone's <laughs> listening to you. Yes, it is. That's how you get it, okay? It is, yeah. And thank you, phone. Yeah. I am so glad it listened to me and had this pop up on my Instagram feed. Shop now. Buy now. You're welcome. And you bought it. And th- Yeah, and it felt... It was good. I was like, you know what? I like this advertising that's geared towards me. Yeah. Well, you got a nice piece there, James. I like it. You got a nice piece. Uh, I want to talk about uh, one of the top stories over the weekend when I left. And I was like, man, is this, is this a real thing? Hmm. It was, there was uh, a movie called The Upside, right? Um, with uh, Brian Cranston and Kevin Hart. Yes. Brian Cranston is... A wealthy man who's confined to a wheelchair. Yes. I think it's pair quadriplegic. Yes. He can like just use his head. Yeah. Whatever it is. Um, And this is why I say this, because people didn't bother to to care or say what he actually had in these articles. There was people who were offended Mm. that it wasn't a real disabled person playing this character. I'm glad I got out of acting when I did. <laughs> and I am out of it. He had to answer these questions over and over. Who they, did? They, they did a Brian Cranston. Oh, they, so they did God. a huge press junket last week. Um, this Fuck was a, you. This was a movie where when I saw the previews, because it looked kind of serious, but it also looked kind of funny too, like a drama. Yeah. Where I couldn't figure out why. It, like Cranston's one of the best. I like Kevin Hart. Um, Nicole Kidman is in it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out why this wasn't released during Oscar season. Um, I also couldn't figure out. So then, cause it's, it's all based on time slots, right? And it'll be the same with, with, uh, books, books is the same way. So when Matt's book comes out, it's the same thing where you hope not to get a time slot that like Michelle Obama's book is coming. Right. Out, right. You hope not to get a time slot where, I mean, a, a weekend, a box office weekend where like, you're not up against Aquaman or something like sure. that. So I looked at this movie and I was like, man, I, this, this looks like an awards movie. Is it shitty? Like maybe they right. just kind of dumped it or whatever. Because the other slot that would make sense to me uh, would be uh, Martin Luther King weekend. So yeah. um, the, and the reason why is this. Kevin Hart has had a, 
a movie out Martin Luther King weekend. I want to say like maybe five out of the last six years. He's and killed. He's sort of owned that weekend much the same way as uh, Will Smith used to own Fourth of July. Remember that? Oh, okay. There was always a, a Will Smith movie out Fourth of July. Oh yeah, uh, Bad Boys, fucking Independence Day, like uh, Men in Black, mm-hmm. like Bad all- Boys Two, Men in Black Two. Correct. Um, and they're making another Bad Boys, by the way. And Men in Black, I think too. Yeah, but it's different people. Oh. Yeah, so oh. it's it's Men in Black International, and it's all these, it looks like shit to me. Um, either way, uh, Kevin Hart has kind of owned that weekend, so I was like, wow, I, I'm surprised he didn't, j- they just, he didn't keep going with that, because he's had a, a massive amount of success on that weekend. Um, it came out, it crushed, Brian Cranston has had to, and which I'm glad it did, because Brian Cranston all week has had to take heat for, an, uh, you know, a disabled person should have played this, and it's like, Man, these people are actors. Actors. You were pretending to be somebody else always. I, who did you want to play that role? Brian Cranston's the only one that could get this did movie they, probably financed. Did they offer up any names? No. Huh. So that not one single person was, was offered up. Okay. Um, but there was some people, a bunch of people who were just like this. We should be finding disabled actors. And, should, and I'm like... Man, are we really there? Because if we are, I can't. Do that. That's all. That I mean, that is everybody's job. Like, if you're an actor, mm-hmm. then what? Are you only supposed to play the race, gender, and physicality of whatever the character is? Then, then it's not really acting. It's just kind of you, mm-hmm. you're just kind of playing yourself at that point. And Brian Cranston is one of our our finest actors of all time, in no way, shape, or form. Should he have had to have apologized for playing this character? And he's so good that you stupid motherfuckers get confused that it's easy. Yeah. So there's a lot of people. Kevin Hart makes it look easy. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole Kidman, easy. It's a breeze yes. to just act, right? It, it appears to be, it but it's not. It appears to be. So it's like, why? If it's so easy, why can't we just get the people, pluck them off the street or out of the... Um, nursing facility and um have them play yeah the part why because it's so easy it's 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 ridiculous dumb fucking idiot and there's so much that goes in it like people are going to see this movie because brian cranston and and kevin harder in it like you know not because the right people are playing the nobody gives a fuck and ever is is given a a fuck whether the right person got the role or not like it doesn't happen bohemian rhapsody is an excellent example the wrong person was playing that role Right. Like Nobody why gave a shit. They get- the audience didn't give a shit. It's made a gajillion dollars around the world. Didn't matter because it's an actor who portrayed Freddie Mercury and he did it. Look, he appearance wise and all that other shit. He did the job. Is he going to win the Oscar? No, he's not going to win the okay, Oscar. Okay, good. But um, uh, that, they but gave that, they threw him the globe, huh? Yeah. So good the, job. there was all this heat last week, and I was I was worried whether or not it was going to affect this movie's box office. It didn't. It opened up at twenty million, and it and crushed. It, and and by the way, it got an. And this is the other part that I was happy to see about it. It got an A cinema score, which is really really tough to do. So that mm-hmm. means all the audiences really love the movie. Critics bashed it. I like. I think critics bashed it for that because it was like, oh, okay. Cranston's playing a fucking fuck you. One, two. You don't get an A cinema score out of audiences if your movie isn't good. It's yeah. it's very rare. It's very very hard to do. So Bohemian fuck off, Rhapsody. man. 
<clears throat> yeah. Um, but, but, but and, it's hard to do. Look, just in the music alone. Yeah. Um, so, but, but fuck off with this. So I was really, really happy to see this happen. And like, yeah. I hope this conversation ends forever with this stupid shit. Like I'm, I'm all done with that. It's bigger pitch picture that they need to be looking at. And then the other thing is I would like to hear from someone who is quadriplegic, paraplegic, whatever, if they are offended by it or there, there were some, yes, there were. Yes. On Twitter. So um, they were offended that, that, that's, you know, that he wasn't that a really disabled, disabled man. Wasn't. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, the, very, you know what I found interesting? Though? You know what I, actual... I found super interesting though, is nobody went after Eddie Redman. Cause it was sort of the same situation where you're confined to a wheelchair and you can only use your head. Nobody went after Redman for playing Stephen Hawking. He won a fucking Oscar. Yeah. He's not retarded, or is he? There's nothing wrong with him. I don't think, again, I don't think he's straightened back up from playing that role. I, who knows? Um, I don't think he's gotten full. But he's either way, Redman Red didn't take any fucking heat. Oh, but, you know, there's been a million movies up into this new, new age. Yeah. If we want to go back in time. I just, I, I'm, I'm tired of all of it. When I, when I, I, when I saw this, because like, you could see the unease in both Kevin, him and Kevin Hart's eyes because they did this, these, all these press junkets together. So all these interviews you had together. And Kevin Hart's been going through his own shit. Oh, totally. He's just and like, now are you serious? Brian Cranston is Has going through this shit. The two of them, I would have killed to have been a fly on the wall for after the junket ends. Because the junket, again, you sit, you sit in a hotel they're room. they're both real motherfuckers, too. Exactly. Like, Cranston will... I give it to you. Yeah. And I, and I worked with Cranston um, and he is the coolest guy like, on the planet. He will straight up afterwards be like, what the fuck was that? Yes. Dude? Great guy. Just a great, great fucking dude. Anything you could possibly hope for. Same with Kevin Hart. Great people. I guarantee you after that, that junket end. Cause again, it's eight hours. You're in one room and then everybody from across the world gets God. five minutes with you. And then afterwards you leave. I guarantee you when everybody left the room, he, they looked at each other and they'd be like, yo, is this really what it is? Kevin Hart had to apologize 80 million times for, for a joke, a joke in stand-up. Eight years ago, 10 years Brian ago. Brian Cranston's now has to deal with fucking why is not a disabled person playing you a role. I bet you the both of them were just like, it's over. Fuck this They looked shit. at each other and they said it's over. Maybe. It's I, over. I don't know, man. But now, the, and here's the disappointing thing. Now every actor who gets a script... That's going to be going through your mind now as an actor of whether or not so, you should play this role. Because we, we did a big show on Scarlett Johansson playing that But guess what? That guy's story. Now that guy's is story is dead. They're not it making will that not movie. be told. Nope. Good job. Same thing. I'm sure this is a real guy. They always base these things on books of somebody. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not sure, but. I, I, I'm not either, to be quite honest with you. But um, Even if it's not. It brings like a humanity. It brings like light. Yeah. To, you know, these are real, they're real people. They're feeling, they, you know, I think they have like fun in the movie. They like get to know each other. Yeah. He opens up about how it feels I'm, to be. I, I, think, I think this movie looks great. I'm going to see this movie. For sure. And, um, it, it's portraying people in this situation in a really good light. So the guy's not a serial killer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, And stories like that will help your community your cause whatever exactly and so the scarlett johansson thing it's like good job motherfuckers yeah and um kevin hart good job yeah the oscars are gonna be a big pile of shit 
Good yeah. job. Yeah. Um, good guy. But and yeah. Then, and then to, to, to wrap this up, I, you know, when I started doing more research on this, the reason why I didn't come out on Martin Luther King weekend um, for Kevin Hart was that movie Glass is coming out. Oh, yeah. The uh, M. Night Shyamalan thing. So they didn't want to go up against that and get mm. crushed. And um, that's why they chose this this particular weekend. This this was uh, this is a fascinating project of how hard it was even to get this out. This was a Weinstein movie. Which one? Um, this this upside. Oh, it was a Weinstein movie that was stuck. <laughs> yeah. So it was stuck because all that shit happened. They mm. had to sell these titles, and you know legally that shit takes a long time to work out. Oh yeah. And uh, this this so this could have came out earlier, but they needed proper time to promote it. Uh, this it, the company's. I'm going to say the company STX. Um, and because they ended up number one, and ended up number one movie of the weekend, and they took a, a gamble on this. Bought it from all the, nice. the Weinstein turmoil. Mm. Then they went through the turmoil, this stupid shit in the press. And now it's number one. And congratulations, man. That's a, that's awesome. Um, super stoked to hear about shit like that. Um, the one that I was not so stoked to hear about over the weekend, uh, as far as a new movie coming out, was Coming to America 2 they're making. Mm. It has been 30... I'm offended. 30, not offended, but... 31 it's been 31 how years bad it's gonna be yeah 31 years for a sequel um eddie murphy by the way there was a picture of him out at dinner the other night with uh or at christmas with all of his family and kids and all that stuff and uh he, he could jump right back into that costume he looks great jesus looks great that guy uh, it, he's just smooth as fucking oh. velvet that guy oh not a wrinkle in sight looks amazing he still looks like eddie Mar- like he could He's you could eddie place Martin. him back in fucking mm-hmm. 1988 again uh he looks great i, I heard they're gonna bring back Arsen- arsenio and james earl jones and all those guys um but they're they're making it they got a director it's craig brewer um who's gonna do it so murphy's gonna do it yeah oh everybody's signed okay. on but it's 31 years later and we and the reason why i, I bring this up when they're all signed up the reason why i bring this up was when we were all together in san antonio this week the topic of a range 15 sequel came up sure of rescue 16 mm-hmm. I, look they had asked me to write this movie back in the day right uh, close to after we finished it because it was Let's face it. The first one was, was successful. It was one of the like I think it was the number one independent film of the year mm-hmm. in, in 2016. Mm-hmm. I look. I wrote that script and I turned it in. I can tell you what day I turned it in because I started writing Matt's book afterwards. I turned it in December 1st of 2016. That script is done. Um. So I, everybody brought it up of like I don't understand why you're making a sequel. The the thing came up of dude, is it too late? Should you've done it immediately? Mm-hmm. Is this Super Troopers ten years later? Right, like, because right. what I what, what what shocked me was, and I don't know if you know this, but do you realize we're we're almost we are three years to the day of when 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 we premiered that trailer at Sundance? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. No, Jared reminded me. Oh, he did. Yeah, because I was calling him fat. Oh, that's right. That's right. And he's like, it's Th- been four years. Yeah. Try something new. <laughs> like I will try something new when you try something new, like a vegetable. Yeah, three years to the day that that trailer came out, and I was thinking about it because they were like, "Look, best case scenario, when you go into production, when would this be out?" And I was like, "Well, you know, you could possibly go into into production this fall or winter and get it out in 2020 sometime." Mm-hmm. But then it would be four years since that movie came out. I don't know. 
what that time frame is between sequels of when you should do it or when you shouldn't do it. But uh, 30, 31 years. Is... Third, let's not let it get to 31 years for sure. Um, but like coming to America. Four I, years? Are, I don't know. Are you into that these days? Like, I mean, besides what? for the nostalgia factor. Are you into coming America? Like I, I by the way, I love the first one. No. It's one of the greatest comedies of I all time. I personally am not. But if you tell me Bill and Ted is coming back it with is. the same people, it is. which and I was on board. Right. So I just never was into coming coming to America. Okay. I'm super racist. But um no, <laughs> no. I'm just joking. I'm totally joking. I just didn't I think it was before my time. Time a little bit and then yeah. I never went back to watch it. Gotcha. But I know that people are super into it probably the same way that I would be into like Bill and Ted, right? Sure. So I don't like the remakes with the all women or different people. That I don't like. Right. I like to see the same people coming back. Well, and doing it, a different story it, it and all of entertainment now, all yeah. of big, big budget entertainment is based on nostalgia. That's just it. We're all, they're all just bank. They're like banking on this feeling that mm. people have or need or whatever. Right. When they see the, that moment when he comes back on screen and they, you know, they make their money that way now. And it's sad, but it's just the way it goes. Yeah, I don't. But the real nostalgia part. Um, again, I don't like seeing the same movie made with other people. That pisses me off. Gotcha. But if it's the same people coming back, that nostalgia feeling is yeah. uh, good enough for me. Okay. I I will see it because I look. I again, I think Coming see? to America is probably well. I mean, just just for the curiosity factor, it is one of my favorite comedies of all time. I mean. I, I, there's lines from that movie we all still say to this day. Totally. Um, Randy Watson. <laughs> Sexual Chocolates. Uh, sure. Soul Glow. I mean, there's so many fucking great lines in that. Right. And yes, I, I will be there. But when I saw it, I was like, oh, no. I wish. Eddie Murphy's so good that he doesn't need to do a sequel. Uh, the... I, I love Eddie Murphy, man. I, I I can't really stress how much I love Eddie Murphy. He was my probably my favorite comedian as a kid, and had a a big influence on my life as far as like doing characters and voices and all that shit. Um, and his stand up was the first like, oh my god, my parents didn't know that I saw Delirious, you know, like oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like everybody was talking about it. And I was a kid and popping it in and watching it. And I was like, oh my god, it's still amazing and blah blah. You know, I, I that was that was it for me. That that got me to stand up. Probably right. all of it. Um, right. I love Eddie Murphy. He, he is so good at d- drama and comedy, and he looks the same. He's still getting a million offers. So if you're at home saying to yourself, I don't understand why Eddie Murphy's working or he's washed up or whatever, no, it is the opposite. It is on purpose. He waits for w- the projects that he wants to do, and then he pops back out and does them. Yeah. He's still getting a million fucking offers a week because he's Eddie goddamn Murphy and he's still one of the best. So when I saw this coming to America thing, I was like, all right, it would be, because it's been a long time since he's, I think, I want to say dream girls. Oh yeah. When he lost the Oscar for dream girls, he was like, fuck this and fuck walked this, out, I'm out and walked out of the Oscars. You guys don't know shit. And I, yeah. And I thought maybe he walked out of show business after that and just fuck you guys. Um, that wasn't the case. So, when this when this popped up, I was like, man, well, did he do anything else? And he did. 
So we actually just finished a movie with Craig Brewer, and it's about uh, Dolomite, the making of Dolomite, and he's playing the actual guy who played Dolomite, and oh. it's a it's a big movie for Netflix. Okay. And um, when this script came around, and I guess it was two points where they thought Eddie did, because I, I, Eddie Murphy spends years and years with scripts. That's that's something else that nobody really knows. Where like he'll spend years and years with it, and he's infamous around town for inviting people up to his house to physically work on scripts or workshop comedy and you got to go to his house and everybody says it's it's amazing and you just hang in it there's no paparazzi or anything it's just like hey man and you're going and when you go up there like you're up there for like four or five hours where it's just like holy shit i would kill to be invited up there obviously i mean obviously yeah and uh he's done it with kevin hart He's done it with Chappelle, Chris Rock, all of the top guys in the game to, you know, today mm-hmm. he's had them up at one point or another. It, it's almost like he knows that he was the dude, him and Richard Pryor, where it was just like that turned everybody. And it was just like, you go up there and he'll talk about career life, everything under the sun. And he's just trying to find the things. And they all say the same thing of like, God damn it. We're just trying to get Eddie back, just right. get him out and make, make him do something. Well, now he's got two projects coming up. So I'm amped, you know, that he's working again and, and that he'll be out and, and I will see this movie. But uh, the Dolomite one actually interests me more. That sound, yeah. To me, that sounds better. Yeah. So uh, if it means that Eddie Murphy is out in public more, fuck it. I'm in because he's still one of my dudes, man. Sure. He's one of my dudes. Uh, that'll give us to the, the revolutionary figure of the day, shall we? We shall. This one's going to be obscure no one will probably know who this is um but uh the the hollywood reporter did a an article on this woman named pantera sarah um she used to run the doors at every single cool bar nightclub in town in in los angeles it was always the capacity of these things was always like 200 people 150 people or whatever Every night of the week, there was some place that was cool in town to go and you could meet like the most famous people in the world or people who were up and coming. Um, but you had to know them and like they didn't want a lot of agents and suits and things in there. So they were very picky about who they let in and why. And you felt lucky if you were the one that was picked and you got to go inside these places Probably very reminiscent to old school Studio 54 days mm-hmm. where, I mean, you show up at one of these places like Dublin's on a, it was Tuesday nights on Dublin's. It was like the hot jam. Mm-hmm. And if you showed up there, there was three three or 400 people waiting to get in, get in outside. They mm-hmm. couldn't get in. And they would just point to a few people of like, I know you, or I think yours could be something or whatever. And you felt lucky and privileged to be in this place at this time because you were seeing shit and meeting people that like you never got to see before and i've told these stories for years to my friends and and those who had gotten to go along the way were like dude how fucking crazy was that and i was like because it was it was just as crazy as you think it was but for a different reason cell phones did exist but the camera feature didn't really exist so nobody was taking pictures of anybody Of what was going on. So all of us, and I've told, you know, a bunch of these stories on, on the podcast over the, the years. The Monica Lewinsky story and all, all of that shit happened 
because of her and I was at these parties. Mm -hmm. McConaughey on acid playing pool. Like, right. There were so many of these fucking stories and I got to meet all of these people and it was because of her. Well, it's a different time in Hollywood now. You know, everything is bought up. It's commercialized. There isn't that type of shit anymore. Now these promotion promoters and like it's a big company that runs it and it's like you know you have these people and it's it's kind of bullshit like it's just bottle service and 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 all that other stuff right it wasn't like that back in the day and there was no pictures of it so we didn't we had no memories except for us that were there until this week so i get on a plane and right before it's about to take off like i'm looking i usually try to download a bunch of cool shit or whatever um, which my computer was dead. So I was trying to download a bunch of articles so that I could read on the flight. Mm-hmm. And this article popped up in Hollywood reporter that just said, here's what it was like, you know, early two thousands in LA. And, and there was a woman named Pantera Sarah that was behind it all mm-hmm. now. And, and she, she took pictures on a, on a camera. Uh, she had a, like an instant camera or something. No, it's, it's, some of them, just whatever kind of, camera was was around at that time you know like it was a decent camera but it wasn't like a big bulky yeah 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 it was just nice enough that you were able to take a nice clean picture so because she was so guarded about celebrities and everything else like she never bragged told anybody who was there or why they were there or or any of that shit and that was kind of the mystery of it well now she's out of that business because it's changed and so for the first time ever she had, I, it's the article said she had taken over 20,000 pictures. And so they were like, she's chosen some to show to you now about what it was really like back in the day and, and why this mystery is now gone out of Hollywood and the way it's changed and all that stuff. And like, I got to see for the first time in ever, I mean, ever pictures of all of these events and stories I've told mm-hmm. over the years. And it was just it was crazy, crazy to look at because going back and looking at, you know, all of it, like, was it called like, um, I, I was at, you know, I look Clay and I in particular, because we had had teen movies hit at the same time, did all of this shit together and we got to go and see all this stuff. Um, but the pictures, when I saw them, where you were like, Oh my God, I forgot about like, uh, so Jason Momoa was in one of these pictures young fucking he had like short spiky hair yes. like not anything crazy. like crazy and it was just yeah. like why, why was he there well it was it was sarah's roommate at the time and it was just like now after these years was he's it made how it. how social media ruined celebrities going Correct. out yes. yes yes i saw the headline of it i didn't read it but yeah where that, I was that like, was it fuck you're right dude where so, it's like yes shitty so all of these parties i was at but i've never seen these pictures and like i would tell people of like you don't understand like britney spears was with ryan gosling and fucking justin timberlake at this party and i didn't i didn't know the mickey and mouse connect connection mm-hmm. um, you just thought it was a weird all of them hanging out yes and, and and but years later obviously the stories are so public now whatever like so just to see these pictures where you were like Holy shit, that was the fucking that was yeah. the thing. And and again, it was so small. It was like a hundred, you know, a hundred to two hundred people at any one of these given things. And you saw all these people, and it, the, the beauty of it was it was like not all of us were massively famous. So like Gosling. Gosling wasn't Gosling, but right. she thought he could be something. She thought I could be something, or Klein could be something, and it was just like, you know, it was mixed with celebrities. And people that that she thought could be something someday, 
and you got to mingle with them and hear their stories. And, and those stories without a filter, without a microphone or a camera in their face or whatever, everybody's honest about what was going on in the business or how to do X or what these auditions were like with, with so-and-so casting director or screen test at this studio in particular and, and how you got around certain things that like, it was really helpful. I, I know everybody says, you know, the, the term networking and schmoozing and all that other shit now, but like, that's what it was. And not only was it fun, but like, it was really, really helpful of how to get tips going forward or, or, you know, what was going on at the time in the town and all that stuff. And it is just, it's not like that. And seeing all of these pictures, if you get a chance to read this article, like it, it was the first time it was painted correctly and it was what it was really like. And you get to see all these pictures of like Ashton Kutcher walking into a club with a Chicago Bears jersey on, you know, where you're mm-hmm. just like, Oh, you know, he's not dressed to the nines right, or right. whatever. Like you're rolling into a sports bar where, where it was converted to this, exclusive party just for this one night right you got to see gosling and those guys you got to see like old school momoa pictures and and all of these scarlett johansson and stuff like that like you got to see all of these people before they had made it just right on the cusp and there was no there was no pressure there was nobody there you just you know yeah they got wasted they actually like yes had fun and and you didn't have to worry about any of that stupid shit hooked up in the bathroom did whatever you wanted um and it it was going on any period yeah and you know reflecting on what it is like today and i'm not at all one of those people who's just like i'm not a nostalgic person or you know like oh it was better back in my day type of dude i'm not at all because it's just it's different. It's like, different. Uh, you know, I, I read this article, walked out, and um, I get into the terminal, and there's a trailer playing, a new trailer for that Captain Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I see this trailer, and it was right after I'd read this article, and it's uh, Allison Brie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that her? That's mm-hmm. her name, right? She won the Oscar. Yes. Um, it is uh, Annette Bening mm-hmm. won the Oscar, uh, and Jude Law. He's either won an Oscar or been nominated for a bunch of things. And they're in this comic book movie. And you're like, man, I like Clive Owen was in one of those pictures. And you you look back and you're like, man, that that you cared about the movies. You wanted the cool projects and all of that stuff. Now you just want to get a Marvel franchise so you can be loaded. And then, you know, I, I guess try to pop up in other things. Uh, it's what made me amp that the upside was also number one, where it's like there is a shot to still do movies like this. Mm-hmm. It takes massively famous people to do it. Yes, but, but it's possible. It is possible. And if you all come together and do it, the fact that this got shit on is like, man, this was what it was back in the day. You dreamed of being in movies like this. Could you predict any of this stupid shit would happen today? No. Not in one million years. And when I look back at all these pictures of how much it had changed, and I did an interview a couple of weeks ago with somebody, and they were like, man, do you wish you were doing more movies right now? And the, the answer is n- no. I wish I was doing more of my own, but they're, they're really hard to get financed, and there is no more comedies whatsoever at all anymore. They're not making those at studios. So I, I don't know. Uh, but but I, I, I told this this interview that, that I love doing podcasts. I love doing podcasts with you and all of that stuff. So has things changed? Yes. But it's also changed too for, uh, for the better as well where I get to do a show like this and mm-hmm. go out to 
a million and a half people every day. But I will never get to go back to those parties again and just enjoy myself without something fucked up happening, you know? Right. So, but none of those people will either. I know. Nobody can go to a party and just let loose. I know. Anymore. And um, that kind of, I was thinking about the same thing the other day where I'm like, oh, celebrities are all boring now. You know, the Oscars, you see the yeah. after parties yep, yep, and yep. it's like, they're the Golden all, Globes. You, you brought yes, this up. Yeah. It's like, they're all boring. Nobody's drinking. They're like, because they need to get up there and either present or possibly win and do a speech. So no, you can't, there's no more sloppy Mickey Rourke. Drunk, Jack Nicholson. Jack high. Nicholson yeah. high. Talk, there's no more of that. Well, they'll probably still do it, but the people coming up now, because there's always a camera somewhere. There is always somebody. And, um, you know, I've heard in interviews that it makes them more guarded. It does. And yeah. then it makes them more, I mean, just more boring, really. Yeah, yeah, Unless yeah, yeah, they're yeah. at their house with their family, with their friends. Yeah. Out, out in the world, whether it's at a bar or at a freaking Arby's, like they have to be buttoned up and be perfect at all times. And that makes for a boring, in, boring. That makes boring yeah. to me. Yeah. If you're not going to have a little fun let loose be like a little bit drunk whatever and have that be like that can't even be a headline right that you had a couple drinks at all because you've just lost yeah jobs yeah whereas back in the day that was like cool yeah so i it was super uh super fun to read that article and and just go back and kind of relive all that shit where i was just like oh man i I forgot. And I sent it to Clayton as soon as I got off the plane. Oh, I was like, sure. hey, man, you're not going to believe this. And he was just like, holy shit. I can't believe those photos exist. Because I didn't remember. There, there was no, no, it wasn't intrusive at all. So it was just like, yeah, one, yeah. one, one person took a picture and that was it. Yeah. You know, um, And didn't share it with the world for this many years, 15 years, 14 years, whatever it is. You were just like, holy shit. Um, that was awesome. So I, to her I, and look. I don't know if she, she will she listen to this podcast. I haven't seen her in 10 years at this point, 12 years or whatever it is. But I did write, uh, we're still friends on Facebook. And I, I was attached to this article by you know, like three other people who were just like, Rosh, you're not going to believe this. Um, and I did write her a thank you on it. I just said, I, you know what? I just want to thank you for some of the funnest times of my life. Um, I didn't, you know, you never realize it as you're going through it, obviously. No. But um, looking back on it, you do. And uh like I try to reach out and write genuine messages to people who have affected me or influenced me and stuff like that. So Pantera, Sarah, you were one of those people. And, um, you know, uh, it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fucking fun. And it, look, it is made for great stories, endless stories. There is endless stories for podcasts for years and years and years. So thank you. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. For Jesse Wiseman, a.k.a. The Jables, I am Ross Patterson. This is The Revolution. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.